Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hey, this is John C. John, pastor of Tana Creek Community Church, Mumbai, India. It is indeed a blessed privilege to be preaching with God's word, the Bible, as my foundation. I want to thank you for tuning in. I believe that you will never be the same again as you hear the message and allow God to impact you. Welcome back. We are in the series Sin, Sinner and Savior. We have come to the last part, the seventh part, according to the flesh and according to the spirit. And I'm excited about all the seven parts that we were able to go through and study together. As I have mentioned in the past, this all these studies are just on the peripheral level. We have not gone in depth. Hopefully, sometime in the future we will study these subjects again in depth but for now i believe all these topics that we have covered are helpful to you according to the flesh and according to the spirit when someone is living according to the flesh that person is fulfilling his own personal desires and these desires can be based on the influence this person has from the people around him from the situations around him basically these are worldly pleasures that he or she wants to fulfill and so when someone lives according to the flesh that person is fulfilling fleshly desires his own sensual desires his personal desires those things that gives him joy those things that benefit him most of this would be selfish most of this will be uh, with a desire to get fame name and most of this will be to establish himself or herself in the society but when someone lives according to the spirit that means according to the holy spirit that person is living to please god that person is led by the holy spirit that person's desire is to bring glory to god that person does not have any uh, personal desires to fulfill the person's personal desires are basically desires that brings God glory that person is led by the Holy Spirit so today we're talking on this topic according to the flesh and according to the spirit and the major passage that I would encourage you to read is Romans chapter 5 to chapter 8 I would encourage you to read the whole book because it's an amazing, awesome book. It, it, it's a powerful book. But at least I would encourage you to read these few chapters, chapter 5 to chapter 8, so that you'll understand a little bit more on what we're talking now. When we live according to the flesh, we are living in sin. We become slaves of sin. Romans 6, verse 6, 12 and 16. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Verse 12 Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Verse 16 Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin which leads to death or you can choose to obey God which leads to righteous living so as I said when we live according to the flesh we become slaves of sin we are living in sin 
when we live according to the flesh we are forced to believe what many teach that good works are necessary for salvation good works is of no use if we are not saved which means salvation is not based on good works good works will make us a good person in the eyes of men but will not save anyone from eternal death or hell according to the bible salvation is only through jesus christ any kind of good works like feeding the hungry clothing the poor taking care of orphans and old people and many such good nature works cannot in itself save a person from sin satan and hell good people do not go to heaven only those who are first saved by the blood of jesus christ and then living a good life that is being a responsible sensitive good human and also continuing in his or her spiritual growth and eagerly waiting for the second coming of jesus they will inherit eternal life so good works alone is not good enough when we live according to the flesh we are living to please ourselves and also create a good image about ourselves in the eyes of everyone around us this will make a person to live a double standard life one a secret and personal life that he or she does not want others to know and the other public life that he or she develops to cover up the private life or personal life even those who are in christian mission work can have a double standard lifestyle a title of a priest or a pastor or a missionary sound very holy and respectable by default a person is considered to be holy perfect good and righteous because of being involved in one or more of the mentioned positions that i said just before you know pastor or a missionary so a person is considered to be holy and perfect or a righteous person just because this person has one of these positions holding that post does not make a person holy or righteous then when does a person become good goodness is not attained or achieved my friend rather it is bestowed upon us through the work of jesus christ there is no goodness in man he is either doing good works to attain salvation through his good works as if salvation is possible through good works or he is doing it for personal worldly gains maybe to be accepted by people maybe to become famous maybe to show to others that he somebody he's a good person you know there can be personal reasons why someone is doing good works preaching the word of god sharing the gospel of jesus christ praying fasting reading and studying the bible doing a lot of social work for the upliftment of humanity are all important for the growth of our spiritual life and to be like jesus but when we do any of these or all of this without faith in jesus it will all remain as just good works a devout follower of jesus christ always believes that he or she is able to do all this because of the holy spirit working in their lives therefore a person is not good because of his good works but because of the work of the holy spirit in his life or her life when we allow god to work in us and through us we are living according to the holy spirit thus the goodness of god gets rubbed upon us now i would like to draw your attention to an incident in the bible once 
You know, a rich young person who's a ruler comes to meet Jesus. There are many people who have come, you know, who had come to meet Jesus. They all came with, you know, some need. Some of them were genuine. Some of them, it was for personal reasons they had come. Some of them came in the night. Some of them came, you know, in the broad daylight. And this young rich ruler came to Jesus, you know, maybe during the daytime, and he calls Jesus good teacher. He called Jesus good because of the good words and good teaching Jesus was doing and that he has noticed and seen and heard. His intention may have been to impress Jesus. See, I'm doing good works and you're doing good works. So, you know, I'm calling you good. He clearly did not believe in Jesus as the way to eternal life and he was not ready to give up his good works. That was without faith. He was doing a lot of good works, but it was without faith. How, do, how did I say he was doing good works? You see what Jesus tells him that, you know, go home and obey all the commandments. He's asking Jesus, which commandment do you want me to follow? Jesus says, you know, uh, love your father, mother and, and you know, go help and, and you know, uh, do not kill, do not, you know, steal and do not covet and do not do adultery and all that. But Jesus tells, he says, I have been doing all of these things from my young age. From the time I was a young boy, I have religiously followed all of this. So he followed every commandment, you know, just like that, but without faith in God. He just wanted to fulfill the command, just fulfill all the commandments. No, and then he was feeling good in his heart. I'm fulfilling all these rules, so I'm a good person. But when Jesus tells him, go and sell all that you have, you know, and, and you know, I mean, uh, give everything to the poor and, and sell it off and give the money to the poor and come and follow me. He doesn't want to follow Jesus because he was a rich man. That's what the Bible says. So he was not ready to, you know, put his faith on Jesus and uh, you know say no to the to all the security that he had in the world because his security was based on the money he had he depended on that that was his security those who are led by the holy spirit are involved in practicing their faith through the good works they do james 2 verses 14 to 26 we can see that faith and works go hand in hand so through the good works, our faith will be revealed. Our good works will show to the world on whom we believe and what we believe. Those who are led by the Holy Spirit seek to receive praise and acceptance from God and not from people. Romans chapter 2 verse 29. Every good work is not considered as good in the eyes of people. You may be surprised when I say that because good is understood differently by different people. What is good to one person may not be good to another person because one is led by the work of the flesh and other is led by the Holy Spirit. For a follower of Jesus Christ, preaching and teaching the word of God is very important. It is considered to be a very good work, but to others who do not put their trust in Jesus or who may be just nominal Christians, it may seem like an unnecessary work. Why do you have to always talk about Jesus? Will be their Christian. Why do you want to always preach about Jesus and all that Jesus, Jesus stuff and all that? Why do you want to talk about all of that? Let's enjoy. That would be how they would respond. Every good work is not considered as good in the eyes of people. 
when we live according to the flesh we are tempted and forced to fulfill the desires of the flesh we are slaves to sin Romans 6:16 our body becomes instruments of satan we then begin to involve in the words and nature of the flesh those who live according to the flesh are the ones that suppress and ignore god in their lives how do they suppress and ignore god because they are living according to the flesh though they call themselves christians or anybody else they are always you know desiring to fulfill what their flesh wants what they want sensual desires and passions and you know all of that and as a result in doing that they are not revealing jesus through their lives if they are if they call themselves christians they are not revealing jesus through their lives they are suppressing him and they're ignoring god god would keep telling my son my daughter what you're doing is wrong and they would just keep ignoring so through their lives God will not be glorified nobody will be able to see the good works they do for God through their lives the bible clearly says every good work that you do you must do it so that the people around you will see it and they will glorify your father in heaven not glorify you seeing your good works your philanthropic work they should not glorify you they should not talk big about you they must talk big about your god but when you're doing it for yourselves when you're doing it for your name when you're doing it you may say genuinely you agree with that but not everyone is doing it genuinely and some of them are doing just because they have money it may not be the genuine heart for the you know for the people who are really in pain because if your heart is for those who are in pain you will go there be with them understand them and i would tell you the best people group on earth to do that are christian missionaries who are ready to give up their you know uh, uh, all the comfort zone and go and live with them and work with those who are destitute and rejected that is true they're doing it for the glory of God that doing it knowing that this life is as valuable as their life when we live according to the flesh we are fulfilling the desires of our flesh those who live according to the flesh are the ones that suppress and ignore God in their lives their lives become full of evil things when you read Romans 1 verses 29 to 32 you will come across all those evil things they do The fruit of sinful nature is also mentioned in Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21. Let me read this passage for us. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like this. Let me tell you again as I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Anyone living that sort of life, meaning what sort of life? Living a life that is full of sinful desires, living according to the flesh desires, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is serious, my friend. But when we live according to the spirit, that's 
what gives me joy when we live according to the spirit we are living in righteousness we become slaves of God when I say slaves of God even Paul very clearly says just an example you know he's not saying you literally become a slave God doesn't want you to be a slave God calls you children but no, we are using this as an analogy to say you are devoted to God. You don't want anything else. You have sold yourself out to God. You are sold out for Jesus Christ. That's the phrase most young people use these days. Sold out for Jesus. Read Romans chapter 6 verses 18 and 22. And you will get to understand this a little bit more better. It is God at work in us and through us. When we are living according to the Holy Spirit, we do not have the flesh at work. This is because our flesh is dead. When we live according to the Holy Spirit, we are always in joy. We keep rejoicing. No matter what happens in our life, we rejoice. And we fight the temptation that comes. We live at peace when storm comes over our life. We have faith that can conquer mountains. We live as more than conquerors. We have so much of faith that nothing can pull us down and destroy us. Though we fall, we rise up and keep, move, uh, and keep moving forward because we are living according to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit never gives up. Holy Spirit never gives up. Holy Spirit continues to speak to you till you are ready to do what the Holy Spirit wants, to, wants you to do. But when you decide, I don't want God, I want to ignore God. And as I've preached in the past, as I've thought in the past, God lets you go and do the sin you want to do. God just abandons you to do the sin you want to do. But if you're keen in overcoming the desires of the flesh, and live according to the Holy Spirit, then He will keep reminding you, and then you will live a victorious, God-fearing, Christ-following life. And we will not let our flesh live in us. We will, we, will, we will not allow the flesh to work through our lives. When you read Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 11, we read that our sinful nature that is full of sin must be put to death. Our sinful nature must be put to death. Some people believe that, you know, when we accept Jesus Christ, our nature still remains the same. We have to bear with that till Jesus comes back again. No! Jesus died on the cross and along with that, He has crucified our old nature. All that you and I need to do is believe in that and you know, just proclaim and say with your mouth, I crucify my old sinful nature to the cross. Once you crucify it, it is dead. Your old sinful nature cannot live anymore. It must be put to death. Crucify it. In the water baptism, we are burying that old sinful nature. And just as Christ was raised from the dead, when we come out of water, we are to live a spirit-led life. This is a new nature. This new nature is beginning to take shape. God's grace has set us free. We have a new life. When we read Colossians chapter 1, verses 12, 13 and 14, this is how it goes. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. We're talking about God who has enabled us to share with the inheritance that belongs to God's people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. 
we have been given freedom and who gave us the freedom Christ gave us the freedom he purchased the freedom for us we couldn't get our freedom from sin Christ purchased it for us by shedding his blood on the cross and by dying on the cross for us and he forgave our sins by, through the blood that he shed for us on the cross let me continue to read a few more verses verses 19 onwards of Colossians chapter 1 for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross this includes you who are once far away from God you are his enemies who's God's enemies separated from him separated from whom separated from God by your evil thoughts and actions yet now he has reconciled you who God has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body as a result he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it let me again continue to read from the second chapter of Colossians second chapter of Colossians verses 12 and following for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins he cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross in this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross Jesus made a public display of Satan's failure he made Satan feel ashamed of himself because Jesus ripped him off of all powers and gave you freedom so you can live a life that is full of holiness and righteousness and goodness of God and verse 20 you have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world we have to first put to death our old nature we have to completely give ourselves to God our sinful nature and desires must be put to death Galatians 5 24 we are no more alive but Christ lives in us I have crucified myself along with Jesus on the cross I no longer live it is Jesus Christ living in me and through me Galatians 2 20 if I'm not living then how can I get hurt when someone insults me how can I get angry at others if I'm not living if I'm a dead person how can I feel insult or how can I get angry my old nature is dead how can the dead speak or respond if my ego is hurt or I show arrogance or similar attitude then I am not dead or that particular part of me is still not dead if I have to continue to live according to the Holy Spirit then I must I must I must crucify 
my old remaining nature every day till it completely dies. I must allow Jesus to respond through me, which means I must allow the Holy Spirit to respond or react through me. The Holy Spirit will remind us how would Jesus respond at a certain situation. The Holy Spirit will remind us how Jesus would respond at a certain situation. In this way, His goodness comes upon us, His righteousness comes on us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is found in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. Let me read that also for us. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When we read Galatians 5 verse 24, it says like this, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Verse 25, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. When a person is born again, meaning when the person accepts Jesus Christ and puts to death the old nature, we say that person is born again. Born again means born as a child of God. This person was born before, but born as a sinner. But now this person is given a chance to be born again, but not, not as a sinner, but as a child of God. When a person is born again, by accepting Jesus into their lives and are put to death their old sinful nature, this person is like a newborn baby. First Peter chapter 2 verses 2 and 3. Please, when you find time, read that. First Peter chapter 2 verses 2 and 3. Like newborn babies, they must start learning simple and little things in God's word under the guidance of a mentor. They do not become a stage preacher the next minute. They don't become you know, the so-called you know, uh, worship leader. That's the new word that's been used around, which is not there in the Bible. Worship leader or worship pastor. No, they become one of that the next minute. No, you can't be involved in any of this just because of your talent. You are a newborn baby. This newborn baby cannot do all the things adult will do. After a few years, this baby will mature into an adult believer. But even after a few years, if we are still like babies, then there is a growth defect. Paul says that this will happen if we are still controlled by sinful nature. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. We encourage every church believer, I mean every you know, uh, uh, faithful follower of Jesus Christ, to keep going to church meetings and to attend church fellowships because growth does not happen in being alone. We have to attend all the cell group meetings and church meetings and house meetings and Bible study and you know and men's meeting and women's meeting. Keep attending, keep being part of it because growth happens in, in, in that group. We cannot feed ourselves. We need the help of godly parents to feed us, to encourage us while we are young in faith. We need the entire family to help a baby grow and not just in the early stage even when he or she is an adult believer we need the support of our brothers and sisters to stand strong in faith how do we know that we had the born again experience it may not be logically easy to explain but let me bring out what i have understood 
the sinless born again experience is just like the birth experience of Jesus Christ Jesus was born of a virgin woman the Bible says that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and she conceived similarly our born again experience cannot be understood by human science it is the work of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit overshadows us and we are born as children of God we are born into the family of God it will also be evident in the good change when, you know, uh, uh, that others see in us the good change the fruit of the Holy Spirit will begin to become evident in our lives and others will see the change in us and say yes you have had a new experience that is the born again experience when we are living according to the Spirit we will be growing spiritually strong daily when there is always a war between the desires of the flesh and the desire of the spirit if we let the fleshly desires remain in us the chances of losing the spiritual battle is 100% sure we must remove all fleshly natures from our lives in one of my old preachings you know a very early uh, you know a, a message that i spoke many years ago i do remember preaching on the subject destroy the fossils of sin you know even if the fossil remains now, many years later it can come up and prove the sin that's existing in you so even destroy the fossils of sin in your life if the sinful nature continues to exist then your spiritual growth will be hampered based on my understanding from God's word I bring out an example of Ishmael and Isaac here I think that's the best example Abraham's first son was Ishmael but he was not the promised son Next was the birth of Isaac, which is the promised son, because Ishmael was born out of his, you know, out of the servant in the house whose name was Hagar, whereas um, Isaac was born out of Abraham's own wife, Sarah. So Isaac is the promised son. Isaac is the promised son, and Isaac needs to grow up in the way God wants Isaac to grow. But as he began to grow up in the house, he was not able to grow up peacefully because Ishmael kept on taunting him troubling him making fun of him so Abraham had to make a very strong decision he had to send Ishmael away and not just Ishmael away alone he had to send Ishmael's mother Hagar also away why because if the fruit alone is removed and if the root remain the root can produce fruit again so not just the fruit even the root must be removed as long as Ishmael remains in the house Isaac cannot grow strong for Abraham, it was a difficult decision to send them away, but he had to do it. He had to do it. He had to make that strong decision for the betterment of his promised son. Similarly, we must remove from our lives everything that can cause us to sin. It will be difficult to remove a certain area of our lives that was part of us for a long time. It will be painful to remove it. But if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He must and he will happily remove all those old sinful nature. If that person wants to have his new life experience, then whatever it may cost him or her, they must say goodbye to it. If we live according to the Spirit, we will surely experience eternal life with God. But if we live according to the flesh, we will surely experience eternal death. Romans 2, verses 7, 8 and 9. I encourage you to live according to the Holy Spirit so that you will experience eternal life with God. Already living on this earth, you know, most of us believe we are living in hell. Imagine living on earth is hell for you. Then what would real hell be? 
I encourage you to live according to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you will surely experience eternal life. Otherwise, if you live according to the flesh, you will surely experience eternal death. That means hell. May the Lord richly bless you.